0: And welcome to the Unhinged History Podcast, the podcast where we cannot be trusted with keys. We require electronic locks, at least one of us does. I am your host, Teresa, and that is the co-host
1: Angie, and I and it, accidentally almost hit leave.
0: <laughs> I would. You know, somebody throws you under the bus like that. you you better just hit the bricks. It's only going downhill from here. If this is your first time listening, We're a history podcast. We each separately and compulsively learn history stories that we save up once a week and then info dump. And you are here to listen to said info dump.
1: I feel like everybody should have a friend that they get to info dump to.
0: Yeah, honestly. And Mm -hmm. if, if if you want us to be your friend, you can just sit in your car by yourself and info dump on us after we're done with our stories. Yeah, we're, we're here, here for, for you. It.
1: We often sit in our cars by ourselves as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um you can also email us and you know tell us the the story that we didn't hear. You tell us. But we're listening now. Yeah. But I I have <laughs> I have a story that I I compulsively compulsively devoured and it's one I've I'm... I've known about and it's kind of been brewing in my brain, but I didn't realize how insidious this story is.
1: Like into your brain insidious or like
0: Yes. Just yes. Like
1: Do I gonna need some ice cream after this?
0: You you will eat your feelings. Okay. You this will live rent-free in your brain.
1: Like Terrary.
0: This is not you, you will not be upset that this person exists. You will be upset of how the world responded to said person. Mm, okay. Okay. Got it. So have you heard the name Henrietta Lacks? Yes. Okay, great. Um, uh, That's who I'm telling you about. This podcast will oh, kill good, you. I don't know a bunch. Good. So here's my sources. This podcast will kill you. They did an episode on her called Henrietta Lacks, Hella There, and Back Again or Gila there and back again. Biography.com had an article on her. PBS. on.org had two on her. The family of Henrietta Lacks, whose cells were taken for research, settles with company that profited by Sarah Brumfield and Leah Skeen by the Associated Press. Who was Henrietta Lacks? How the Gila cells became essential to medical research by Ivan Martinez from The Conversation. The National Library of Medicine, the National Center of Biological, Biotechnology Information, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Skloot, reviewed by Farik A. Kahn, John Hopkins Medicine, has a page on the legacy of Henrietta Lacks as well. Okay. Okay. So Henrietta Lacks is born Loretta Pleasant on October 1st, 1920, in Roanoke, Virginia. At some point, she changes her name to Henrietta, and after her, the death of her mother in 1924, Henrietta was sent to live with her grandfather in a log cabin that had been the slave quarters of a white ancestor's plantation. And that fact alone gave me big feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Henrietta shares a room with her first cousin, David, who goes by day, and... The Lacks, both Henrietta and Day, walk to school two miles each way every day.
1: Ugh. So it's a slog. Okay, They are the quintessential I had to walk uphill both directions in the snow.
0: Mm -hmm. Only with them we have it recorded and we can actually believe them versus Grandpa's tale. (laughs) Um, As much as we know about her, I feel it's important to really touch on her humanity and so after school her and day would play tag or hopscotch they'd head to movie theaters and sit in the colored section and watch black and white movies Mm. and i feel like those little bits of nuance are so incredible to know about this person in 1935 the cousins day and henrietta had a son that they called lawrence henrietta was 14 at the time
1: oh so they're okay
0: are mm-hmm.
1: not first cousins please
0: they are first cousins Ugh, okay okay um yeah so not the best right but these are things i'm going to say it's also 1935
1: so we don't know a ton about we, i mean how we, we works. yeah
0: you know these are we're things we're getting there yeah so in 1939 they have a couple or in 1939 they have a daughter elsie and they get married in 1941. Henrietta and David, they moved to Maryland at the urging of another cousin of theirs, Fred Garrett. And it's there that they have three more children, David Jr. So we're at five? Yep. David okay. Jr., Deborah and Joe. And it's about this time that they had to place their daughter, Elsie, it, who is developmentally disabled in, and I'm all of these words are not words we use anymore, but this is the name of the institution. The hospital for the Negro insane. Okay. So.
1: That's so many words.
0: That yeah. Uh, Elsie is deaf and struggled with L- epilepsy. Okay. And the Lax family describes this as one of the most difficult times for Henrietta, and it was something that she never recovered from.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could. That checks.
0: It's on February 1st of 1951 that Lax went to John Hopkins Hospital. And John Hopkins was one of the few hospitals that treated Black people, even though it was a segregated wing that they were seen in.
1: Yeah, it, Johns Hopkins.
0: Mm-hmm. She was experiencing abnormal abdominal pain and bleeding. And at the time, she knew that she had an, a painful knot in her cervix. The first doctor that saw her told her it was a syphilis sore, but the test comes back later with that negative. It's a couple of weeks later that Henrietta went back to the hospital and saw a different doctor. Dr. Howard Jones says that the appearance of the tumor was unlike anything he'd ever seen. It was a hard mass, the size of a nickel. It was shiny and purple. Mm. So it's not normal and it's not okay.
1: And it is not comfortable.
0: Yep. And during a routine cervical cancer biopsy, part of the sample was given to researchers without her consent, as was common practice at the time. Howard Jones, the physician, quickly diagnoses her with cervical cancer. And then to treat lax cancer, they stitched radium tubes into her tissue. So that sounds comfy.
1: Wow. I'm just anywhere on the body. That would be a thing. But right there.
0: Yep. And it's during her subsequent radiation treatments that doctors remove two more dime size samples from her cervix without her knowledge or consent.
1: Are cancerous tissue or? Yes.
0: And, okay. you know, they're just, okay. they're taking samples and they're not telling her and they're just Taken more. Right.
1: Okay. Because medical science at the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A sample of her cancer cells retrieved during the biopsy were sent to a Dr. George Guy in his nearby lab. For years, Dr. Guy, he's a prominent cancer researcher and virus researcher, and he's been collecting cells from all patients, regardless of their race or social economic status. And basically, if you go to John Hopkins Hospital with cervical cancer, your cells are sent to to Dr. Guy. And typically, with everybody else's samples, each sample quickly died in Dr. Guy's lab. Henrietta Lack sample is labeled H-E-L-A, Hela. First two letters, the first name, first two letters, the last. And what Dr. Guy would soon discover was that Henrietta's cells were unlike any of the others he'd ever seen, where other cells would die. Lack cells doubled every 20 to 24 hours. Oh, wow. And he had been looking for immortal cells. That was his goal. And they had started to believe that these cell lines were impossible, but just theoretical. Okay. But with hers, they became the first immortalized tissue or human cell line because scientists could cultivate her cells indefinitely. And that meant that scientists anywhere could reproduce studies using identical cells. So you have an apples to apples comparison.
1: Yeah, that's pretty impressive.
0: Meanwhile, in a later appointment, a provider on our care team, Dr. Talanju, took another sample without her knowledge, but this one's so full of toxins because of the advanced disease that the cells die in culture. Okay. And Lax continues to experience severe pain and returns back to the hospital on August 8th, remaining there until her death weeks later. So she dies. I know. I mean, I didn't realize how many samples were taken without her permission.
1: Yeah, I thought it was just one.
0: So, and when you look at articles, you hear about the initial one but it's the subsequent ones that you have to go deeper in on. Yeah. So October 4th, 1951, she dies at John Hopkins at the age of 31. And while her family was in mourning of their mother and their wife, Dr. George Guy saw this was the perfect opportunity to collect more samples from Lacks. And he asks the family for permission to do an autopsy. Guy neglects to mention that he'd taken samples, or that he would take samples from the autopsy, or that there had been previous samples that had been taken. Of course, because why would you? Why would you say that? I mean, fun fact, uh, it's legal to take samples without consent from the living, but the dead need sign-off of the family.
1: That is so weird.
0: I'd you love to tell you it's different today.
1: Think You'd think it'd be the other way around.
0: Yep. So Lax was buried in an unmarked grave in her childhood home of Clover, Virginia. Her son David noted how the rain poured from the sky as if heaven was weeping for his mother.
1: Oh, That's devastating.
0: Despite Lax passing, she wasn't gone. Guy had the cell line, the immortal line from Henrietta Lax. Guy told a ton of his colleagues some of whom asked for the cells, so he started growing them and sharing. Those scientists grew more and shared with other scientists around the world.
1: That checks. Yeah, crowdsourcing and all that. Or
0: Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. share the wealth. A special unit is established in the Tuskegee Institute in Tuskegee, Alabama, where African-American scientists helped grow HeLa cells and also evaluated Dr. Jonas' Salk's polio vaccine. Hmm. Okay. And so here's a fun quote. Black scientists and technicians, many of them women, use cells from a Black woman to help save the lives of millions of Americans, most of them white. And they did so on the same campus at the very same time that state officials were conducting the infamous Tuskegee syphilis study.
1: That is the one where we give you syphilis just to see what the outcome is, right?
0: I have a paragraph about it right now. What a transition. In 1932, 600 African-Americans, 399 with syphilis, 201 without, were enrolled in a study to investigate the natural course of syphilis. In 1947, penicillin was discovered as the drug of choice for syphilis, but the study patients were denied it. This federal government-sponsored study was projected to last six months. However, it continued for 40 years and was only stopped... Forty? zero. Good Lord. It only stopped in 1972 after public outcry. After a $10 million settlement, President Clinton in 1997 apologized on behalf of the nation. We were alive! Yes. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. Um, That's
1: infuriating.
0: So while we're talking about the insidious nature of medical ethics, I have this to say. (laughs) Chester Southam, a well-respected cancer researcher and chief of virology at Sloan Kettering Institute for Cancer Research, Sought in February of 1954 to see the effect of injecting HeLa cells—that's Henry cells—into patients with cancer and in healthy controls. He decided to do this without informing the study subjects. So
1: we are putting c- cancer cells. We're putting in new.
0: We're putting Henrietta or Henrietta Lacks cells, which yes, we're technically the cancer cells that we're we're growing, but right in other
1: cancer-ridden patients, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, and in healthy ones too. We have it in controls too.
1: Right, right, right. okay. I'm just making sure I'm following along. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, the three when three junior doctors refused on the grounds that the study violated basic patient rights and that the research was illegal, immoral, and deplorable, the issue was brought up in the press and the New York State Board of Regents conducted hearings. The board reprimanded Dr. Southam and suspended his license for a year. The National Institute of Health also investigated and found that research on patients without informed consent was quite prevalent. The study identified the... 22 most unethical studies out of hundreds of unethical studies. Southam's ranked number 17 in that infamous list.
1: Oh, I'd hate to know who ranked number one.
0: I yeah, this is a you don't you don't want to hit the high score charts in this one. Yeah, guaranteed. This whole thing spurred the need for supervision of research and the necessity of having informed consent. Yeah, it's just awful. Henrietta's family didn't learn of her immortality for more than 25 years after her death. That checks. You know, honestly. mm -hmm. And they learned when scientists investigating Gila began using specimens from her husband and children without informed consent. How did, how did they get those? They went and said, Hey, so we've got some cells, some HeLa cells. Or so one of the the things I read, okay, this is, this is how it happened. There was a scientist who was talking with the daughter-in-law and he says, Oh, your last name's Lax. Huh? That's really weird. I work with some cells every day that are from a member of a family of Lacks, Henrietta Lacks. And this woman goes, that's my mother-in-law. He goes, oh, huh? How, what a coincidence. So this starts a conversation. And then the scientist goes, I wonder if their cells are immortal too. So, hey, we were studying your mother's cancerous cells. Can we get some cells of yours? And they're assuming because you want to see if I've got the same cancer cells that she had. Of course, you can take them. They never follow back. They oh, never follow up and say, Hey, you don't have your mom's cancer cells, which you know, they just keep going when doing that what checks. they're doing. So it's fabulous. All of this is great. Her family also doesn't see any profits from this multi million dollar industry that sells human biological materials.
1: Oh.
0: So gross. it's it's not the best. None of this is a good look for anybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. In February of 2010, Rebecca Skloot publishes a book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Deborah, Henrietta's daughter, who provided most of the information for the book, pointedly had asked, had scientists cloned her mother? Had they killed her to harvest her cells? And if her mother was so important to medicine, Why could her children not afford health insurance?
1: All valid questions. Yeah. Every single one of them. Who puts radiation tubes inside of a human?
0: I mean, at the time, I'm sure that was cutting edge.
1: I mean, probably, but still. Like, the visual that I'm getting is just grossly wrong but equally wild. So I'm sure like, I absolutely don't want to see a real image of it, but I I can't not sit here and think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: The author describes Deborah, Henrietta's daughter as the soul of the book, her spirit, her laughter, her pain, her determination, and her unbelievable strength inspired the author to work more than 10 years to research and write the book. Oh, wow. So this was quite the labor of love.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: In a statement posted to their website, John Hopkins Medicine officials said they reviewed all the interactions with Lax and her family after the 200, or 2010 publication of Skloot's book. While acknowledging an ethical responsibility, it said the medical system, quote, never sold or profited from the discovery or distribution of HeLa cells and does not own the rights to the HeLa cell line. Basically they're saying we did a, we did a deep dive on our side and we haven't directly profited. Maybe others have, but we are not the worst ones in this equation. Everything we did was maybe unethical, but it was legal. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this, this is a passing the buck kind of letter, huh?
0: Yeah. Though her relatives hadn't received financial compensation, they did reach an agreement with the National Institutes of Health in 2013 that gave them some control how the DNA code from HeLa cells is used. The deal came after the family raised privacy concerns about making lax genetic makeup public because that's also some of their genetic makeup that is now publicly facing.
1: Yeah. That's so frustrating.
0: I mean, we have specific concerns about using your DNA in um, familial DNA lookups when you're trying mm-hmm. to catch a killer. You know, that there are great uses of that, but how much of that could be used against you? Like, I heard one person saying... That there is a concern specifically i'm going off on a tangent so this is sidebar um, about how there is a fear of insurance companies using your dna results as a way to screen and prevent paying out on things like cancer because you have a genetic predisposition or many other things like we just don't want to cover it we can tell that you're a high-risk patient yeah and that makes sense and so this is, this is exposing just one family.
1: That's wild.
0: On August 1st, 2023, so very recently, more than 70 years after doctors at John Hopkins Hospital took Henrietta Lack's cervical cells without her knowledge, a lawyer for her descendants said they have reached a settlement with a biotechnology company that they accused of reaping billions of dollars off of the racist medical system. Okay. Tissue taken from the Black woman's tumor before she died of cervical cancer became the first human cells to grow and reproduce in lab dishes. HeLa cells went on to become the cornerstone of modern medicine, enabling countless specific and medical innovations, including the development of the polio vaccine, IVF, and even COVID-19 vaccines.
1: I thought that I had read something about that okay
0: despite that incalculable impact the lax family had never been compensated
1: so frustrating not only are they not told they're not given any compensation for it yep yeah so so frustrating
0: when lax cells were harvested in 1951 it was not illegal to do so without a patient's permission but the lawyer's family argued that Thermo Fisher Scientific Inc. continued to commercialize the results well after the origins of the Gila line became well known. The company unjustly enriched themselves off of lax cells, and the fa- that the family argued in their lawsuit that they filed in 2021. The settlement came after closed-door negotiations that lasted all day Monday inside a federal courthouse in Baltimore. Some of Lack's grandchildren were among the family members who attended the talks. Attorney Ben Crump, who represented the family, announced in the settlement late Monday. He said the terms are confidential. The parties are pleased that they were able to find a way to resolve this matter outside of court and will have no further comment about this settlement. Right then. Which is good, because I'm hoping that involves a financial component for them.
1: Yeah. But we don't and fully far know. And more privacy protection.
0: hmm Yeah. In their complaint, Black's grandchildren and other descendants argued that her treatment illustrates a much larger issue that persists today. Racism in the U.S. medical system. The exploitation of Henrietta Lacks represents the unfortunately common struggle experienced by black people throughout history. The complaint reads too often, the history of medical experimentation in the United States has been the history of medical racism. Originally, Thermo Fisher argued the case should be dismissed because it was filed after the statute of limitations expired but the attorney for the family said it shouldn't apply because the company continues to benefit from the cells. And according to an article on Stat... Yeah, which should
1: by default mean no statute of limitation then. Yeah,
0: because it's just, you're (laughs) continuing to make money. And Thermo Fisher has an annual revenue of $40 billion. Uh
1: Uh-huh, that checks, yeah.
0: $40 billion. But something that I found... Exciting and amazing, and I, I had heard about but never saw. In twenty seventeen, the movie "The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks," based on the book, was released, starring Oprah Winfrey as Henrietta Lacks' daughter, Deborah.
1: That's awesome.
0: And that is the story of Henrietta Lacks.
1: That is absolutely wild. I knew like. I knew her cells were immortal cells, but I, I've like, okay, I have so many
0: questions. Go for it. Let's see what I got. Cause I, I took, I read so many things. I took so many notes.
1: So what, okay. So obviously the immortal cell is that it just continues to reproduce itself mm-hmm. long after it's been removed from the body, right? Like, yeah. so in the first place, the doctor that was looking for them, what made him think that was a thing that could be in the first place? outside of theory. Secondly, so,
0: let me answer the first one. If you need to write your second question down, good for it, go for it. Now, let me explain that despite what I'm about to sound like, I'm not going to sound smart. I did not go to medical school. Okay. Um, For AP bio, when I took that in high school, I failed nine out of 12 of the labs so badly. I had to write two lab write-ups. One was what my lab should have done.
1: And the other was a,
0: a basically a a report on what I, what actually happened. Okay, gotcha. like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, spectacular fails.
1: Beautiful, marvelous.
0: Yeah, nine out of twelve times. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, did, I didn't get I didn't go to medical school for a reason. Um, so your cells have. They go through all of these stages, right? You know of growth, and they only reproduce at one stage and when they get to that stage they have these things called telomeres now here's where i'm going off of memory so i don't even have notes on this so this is the dangerous part and (laughs) as the cells reproduce those tails of telomeres get smaller and smaller and smaller so it's basically a countdown and once you hit that once you get out of that tail then the cell won't reproduce any longer Okay. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. There are ways to get your cells to continue to reproduce and you would need, there is a thing. I'm going to say thing, like a a substance called telomeres, something like that. Telomase, anyhow, um, where you can get the cells to keep going, like where it ignores that there's no telomeres. Right. Okay. Now, in the case of cancer, the cells forget to even look for that telomere. It just keeps reproducing, right? That explains a lot. Right. Um, Now, when Henrietta Lacks cells were taken, the doctor guy, he originally had a, a section taken from her cancerous tissue and a section taken from her healthy cervix. And it was the cancerous tissue that kept reproducing, 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 And the healthy cells of her cervix just died off almost immediately, like every other cell culture that they had taken did. And that was fascinating for them. And they basically didn't even believe that that was really happening at first because it was just... They had been looking for 30 years for this immortal cell line. And they were just like, okay, maybe this was just too theoretical. Maybe it isn't happening. One of the other crazy things is, you know, now... They were, throughout this case, as they were talking about, well, now we have all these other cell lines because we have found it in rats and dogs and cats. And like, we have other cell lines. We have these other things. Problem is when they did a study of them, they found that all of them had been contaminated with HeLa cells. Oh. So basically just by trying to figure out what's happening, doing all this kind of stuff, there's not a pure line, you know, so when we have these other cell lines that exist, you know, that's the hard part. Now, um, in this
1: case, when you say HeLa cell, are you referring to cell? You're not referring like in a dog, Henrietta Lacksis cell. No, You're no, just no. So to that, okay. That original sample. You. Yeah. I'm making sure I follow. Gotcha. And
0: those cell lines are apparently proprietary. Oh. And to use them. And labs are still using them today. I mean, look at the COVID vaccine. You'll get like med students who, as part of their coursework, are using HeLa cells or using, you know, maybe a specific cell line from monkeys or whatever. And they know what cell type they're using. You know, that's part of their report. It's like, I use these cells to generate this effect.
1: Right, right. right. I used XYZ for such and such reason right
0: yeah i used art artisanal bread flour to get the sourdough
1: (laughs) yeah i gotcha okay oh that is that is so so i'm going to assume because like i said i know the name i sort of knew the story but i didn't know all the in 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 into chris wow interesting thank you (laughs) um they were looking for this immortal gene for 30 years with the idea Mm -hmm. of vaccination, right? Like that was what they were looking for it for, or what was their original reason? Yeah, that's a good
0: question. Considering that broski is, let me go up to my notes here. So I don't speak completely out of pocket because I'm going to, I know I've probably said something that were just, you know, the nuance is a bit off. Um, He's a cancer and virus researcher. So perhaps that's kind of what he's looking for. And I, one of the things I couldn't find cooperation on, Lax is in the hospital dying. Dr. Guy has found this, that he's got this immortal cell line. He actually mm-hmm. does a, a TV spot. Oh. Doesn't mention her. Doesn't mention where he got it. And another thing that I'm sure it's in the book, but when it started to come out that these were Henrietta Lacks's cells or things like that, and people were starting to know, they actually changed the name. So it was like Helen Jane or Helen something. But Helen, like, they tried to, like, completely subvert and hide the origins of this.
1: Yeah, that checks
0: you know, and it was that just, tracks. it just seems so awful. And can we also talk about how the naming convention has no privacy? Gila yeah. versus some obscure number that doesn't match or is referenced in your patient record.
1: Yeah. You know what? I, at first, I don't know why I, I've heard of, you know, obviously the Gila cells, but I don't know why, but in my mind, I did not equate them with being just the first two letters of her name because that is really like, very blatantly obvious yeah yeah when you put the two of them together and so bloody frustrating Mm -hmm. and for her family i have just so many genetic questions that i don't even know if there are answers for but if she had those cells and she married her first cousin would he then also have the marker for those type of cells like i i don't know if that's how that works
0: i don't know I don't know because I my my initial thought is he doesn't have a cervix.
1: Yeah, that's true, but were those were the immortal cells specific to her cervix or specific to, to her cancer? Cancer, right. So cancer is cancer regardless of where it sits.
0: But each cancer is very different, right? And then you yeah, look at how true. her gynecologist said that he's never seen it he knew what cervical cancer looked like. He's never seen a tumor look like this.
1: Yeah. That's fascinating. Like, I wonder what made her so different than everybody else. I don't know. Or, or you know, it, at least the people, other people being treated at the same place at, at yeah. the same time, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm so many questions like I've directly it, yeah. benefited
0: from her cells
1: yeah most of us have
0: right and it's it's incredible and I'm grateful that they exist I am troubled by how they came to be mm-hmm. you know and,
1: and that even in 2023 the family is still having to fight for protection
0: yeah like like yeah yeah that like, is to insane hear to me. Deborah's quote saying that if she's so important, how come we can't afford health care?
1: Yeah, a very valid question. She deserves a very valid answer because I feel like if your matriarch is contributing to scientific advancements in the way that she did, even unknowingly, that you would think even even for selfish reasons that that they would have the best medical teams on the planet
0: right even if so, it was
1: just for selfish curiosity reasons
0: you know what's nuts is and this was something i learned th- during the story and it it made me so uncomfortable let's say you go in for surgery and they lock parts off you know it could be an appendicitis that you get your appendix removed mm-hmm. or it could be a tumor um once they lop that off, that tissue no longer belongs to you,
1: right? Yeah, no, because Which, you know why? Why would it? <laughs> but why would it not? When does it stop no, being yeah. yours? That's exactly. I, that's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like it, I'm being ironic in it, right? Like, there's no reason that's still not my actual like the makeup of my personhood right like
0: right and so if they took cells from you and made a cell line you know let's say you have let's say you have immortal cells that they discover and they take that off that's not your propriety or your proprietary cells they become the they become owned by the doctor or the scientist who found them
1: that's infuriating for yeah. anybody. Like, yeah.
0: Uh, like, it doesn't like, make sense to me.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. Not even a little bit. And the fact that, I don't know, I guess I just feel like it's a very cold way to behave towards a patient. I know that, obviously, in her time, doctors were very different and bedside manner was very different, but they clearly are different doctors and typically you want to believe that doctors are there because they care and what a way to not by even disregarding telling her what you're doing Mm -hmm. i mean the woman is in pain yeah she deserves some kind of reasoning for why she feels the way she feels outside of the fact that it's cancerous i am sure those samples were not comfortable for her
0: no because they were dime-sized samples
1: yeah, I'm. I'm. That's not like, small.
0: Your cervix is not the size of your arm. You took two dime size samples off my arm. I'm gonna have some feelings about it.
1: Yeah, you take them from anywhere near my cervix. My feelings are gonna be even bigger. Yes. Yeah, that's so, so equally frustrating and so fascinating. Like every bit of it, and it makes you wonder just how many people have those type of t- cells. Like
0: that, we just don't know about. Other,
1: right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I have a feeling it's basically going to be cancer. I would just think be-
1: that because of how cancer operates.
0: Yeah. I mean, unless you've got a Dorian Gray walking around who just remains picturesque young because his cells have no half life, they just keep going.
1: Yeah. That's funny that you me- that you say that because earlier when you were at the very beginning you ha- you had said something about the immortal. So no, it wasn't the be not not at the beginning, but when you're talking about the, the makeup of the cells, like the mm. the tail, yeah. I was thinking to myself, yeah, you know, if they if all your body cells replicated as quickly and as efficiently as these did, why do people even have to think about skin tightening and
0: well, no, and to do, the, yeah, <laughs> the, the study of these telomeres is goes heavily into uh, the science of aging and all that they're yeah. doing and what can they do to you know either slow or stop or turn right. back the clock.
1: That's fascinating. Uh I could sit here and have this conversation with you all day.
0: Why do you think I told you that this was going <laughs> to live rent free in your head?
1: Yeah, it really is. I'm going to have to talk to my son about it. He has, because we did our DNA for Ancestry a long time Mm -hmm. ago, partially because we wanted to know the breakdown and partially because I don't know much of the truth of my family's historical story. Like, I didn't know where they really hailed from and things like that. So I was really curious to know what it was. And at the time that we did mine... The boy was probably 11, and immediately, because he was curious, he wanted to know, offered up his own DNA. He was like, you could, you could test me too. I want to yeah. know. And I thought to myself, you know, like now that we're having this conversation, him and I, he has just as much right to know what his breakdown is as well, but not as a child. And I'm not saying that from, like, the overbearing mother perspective, but, like, I want him to fully understand the ramifications of what he signed off on when he gave that away, even though we share DNA. Right. Right? Like, I'm cool with you doing that, but I'm going to wait till you're older and you fully understand what you've gotten yourself into because enough of it will be shown to you based on what your dad and I have discovered.
0: Well, and also, the laws are still pretty young and pretty not mm -hmm. caught up with where we're at right like it takes a long time for legislation to catch up with technology
1: yes it does and the like specifically i don't i can't speak for the other agencies but ancestry.com does do a great deal to keep your information your information Mm -hmm. but it never can 100 percent guarantee that your information's not going to end up in some other database well, and or in the hands of the black market,
0: hacks happen, <laughs> right? Yes, they do. Data leaks occur. Mhm. You know, one oopsie. Like even some of the biggest blunders that have happened in history have been through the most well-meaning people having a bad day.
1: I mean, the Han dynasty
0: the Han Dynasty, <laughs> Apollo 13, like all of them have been just bad days at work.
1: Just a crap Tuesday, man. Ugh. That's wild.
0: I didn't know she had children. Several. And it was right at, it was a couple weeks after the birth of her last child that she was having heavy bleeding and the abdominal pain. And that's why oh, she went I didn't into the hospital. It was that close. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. This is gonna sound so dumb, but it's also gonna tell you exactly what I do not know about biology. If you are pregnant with cancer cells, is there a chance that your child is also born with the same form of cancer?
0: I don't think so. And I think it also depends on where the cancer cells originate, right? Like let's say yeah. you know what I mean? Now that I'm sure sense. if it's metastasized and those cells have gone into the womb. And you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that there are variables that, that all have to be met. Right. Similarly to being born with any other disease or virus or something that your parent mm-hmm. had, but that is wild.
0: Like a friend of mine developed throat cancer and found out she had cancer while she was pregnant. Ugh. And I believe that they waited to do treatment until she gave birth. But yeah, I'm pretty sure you okay. look at a bunch of other factors of like, you know, how aggressively can we treat this without harming the baby? How can we do this? Like, how can we right. how aggressive the is the both? cancer itself? Right.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's such a strange thing to like. Wrap your brain around. I know that the question we had when we had kids was, will they have the same allergies that mom has? And it seemed at the time a very valid question because, you know, we're new parents and didn't didn't know how that type of stuff translated from a parent to a child. And the doctor just laughed at us. No, it doesn't. Oh, you can kids have just a predisposition. do their own yeah. thing. Yeah, you can have a predisposition based on your genetic background, as in, like, typically if you're from the northwestern European descent, you probably have some sort of grass allergy, mm. um, even if it's very minor, right? But they... And that's that's a fact I heard many years ago. I can't cite my source. I don't remember exactly the outcome of where that came right. from. But I that was my like biggest concern when the boy was born was, will he be able to breathe through his nose his whole life? Because oh. I feel terrible if I pass that on to him. And the doctor just big belly laughed at me and said, nope, they'll develop their own allergies without your
0: help. <laughs> so you say that and mother-in-law has flat feet. And... She was super nervous when kiddo was born about, will kiddo have flat feet? Well, all babies are born with the flattest of Flintstone of feet. And mm-hmm. then I guess they only develop arches when they're in kindergarten. So kiddo like hit five years old. She goes, get that kid seen. See if she needs to go to a podiatrist. See if she needs. And I was just like, okay, we will do it. But it was still just like, well, I mean, she's still in that. Fun middle area where she could develop right. arches, she made a half flat feet, but they're still I'm like still that. toddling, <laughs> yeah, you know, like g- give her give her time, but I could tell that it really meant a lot to to mother in law to make sure that you know she didn't have the same struggles that she did,
1: yeah, but God bless her,
0: <laughs> same to I you, you're worried about her. your kid and allergies, and I'm just like, I'll ask,
1: I mean, well, you gotta ask i I just we were so. I think because of how bad mine were before I started getting treated for them, we were so concerned of how we would be able to help him.
0: Mm.
1: You know, like, are, are you going to be a poor guy that's stuck on breathing treatments as a toddler for your whole young childhood until you can figure out how, until we can get you tested and get you the injections and things like that. Like, he never, he rarely has any allergy problems at all in the wee one only has minor ones so they fabulous dad's good jeans in that i guess <laughs> they got my hair and dad's good jeans, so
0: that's what the we can hope for of all them. of our children
1: mm-hmm. although i don't think your kiddo has green hair
0: no but she also doesn't <laughs> ask to spend long hours in the salon chair to get green hair so i've got that going for me
1: yes you do Mm-hmm. I was once, actually more than once, asked um, when the boy was a toddler if I dyed his hair the color that I dyed it. And my snarky response was always, yes, it's red box number two.
0: Yeah, Why I get him to sit still. Why would I dye a two-year-old's still. hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll notice how there's um, no roots because we do it daily.
1: On the regular. And you see how great he doesn't even have it showing on the in the hairline? like Right. He's so good at sitting still at two years old, and his yeah, hair is is so
0: short because of the chemical haircuts because of dyeing his hair daily.
1: Yes, that is yeah. I mean, I got that question so often, and c- could not wrap my mind around. Have you ever seen another toddler with dyed hair?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it exists. It, it has to exist. Boy. Honestly, I don't want to put it, I don't want to say no, because (laughs) I'm sure there's at least 10.
1: I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but it just was such a, such a random thing to hear every time. But I think that is because his hair is so different in color to mine that people just assumed it. Like, oh, well, he, she doesn't, he doesn't match either of the parents' hair colors. So clearly that it's boxed hair. I wonder why they would do that. Yeah. it was it genuinely genuinely seemed like it was coming from that place of curiosity why why is that the way it is
0: you know and there's people who have a lot of that like there's a woman who black woman and she has a baby who is very light skinned so light skinned that it looks white and she gets asked on the regular if she's the babysitter or the nanny or the stepmom or, and she's like, mm-hmm. no, it's my kid. I was there. Yeah. And I feel like that is just yet another reason of maybe you shouldn't ask those questions out loud.
1: Ever. It's okay to keep your inside thoughts, your inside thoughts. They're fine there. You're, yeah. Like, you're going to continue living. <laughs>
0: maybe you can have that question and you can ponder it by yourself
1: yeah that's a very i wish that i would have had this conversation with you when he was two because i've also was asked a lot if i was the nanny because he was so much bigger than my frame even at a a two-year-old it's like no i i was there i gave birth to him i gave birth to a viking wearing the helmet like i promise you i can corroborate there were I have the scars to show
0: you, but it's going to be (laughs) rather off kilter to show you them now.
1: Right in the middle of downtown in broad daylight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't prepared for this, but I hope you're ready.
1: (laughs) Oh, I wish you were around at two for me, man. You would have been such an inspiration.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I'm the kind of person that I will tend to say things out of pocket like that because I am answering an equally unhinged question. (laughs) <laughs> and nobody leaves that conversation happy but everybody who hears about it afterwards is thrilled but i, I mean... walk away livid and the other person is just like i don't understand what happened you happened idiot yeah <laughs> Hmm. your mama might have told you there's no such thing as a dumb question but she was wrong
1: but turns out yeah, there is.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. We have no, you're found it. you just
1: out here doing the Lord's work. That's all you're doing.
0: You know, I have a, a neighbor and friend who she says that she tries to channel me when she's in negative situations. And the best thing that she's, she's ever said to me that she said after she channeled me was walked up to the head of the HOA and said, I... I want to apologize to you. And the head of the HOA was like, oh, for what? Well, because I, I have done things or said things that allowed you to believe that you could treat me like that. And I am so sorry that I have given you that impression. I'm not going to be doing that from here on out.
1: Please tell me they then got a doormat that had like the middle finger on it and the giant FU above it.
0: Oh, Honestly, (laughs) the look on the woman's face that she described was priceless and will is easily imagined in my brain and is a touchstone.
1: As it should be. Again, Mm -hmm. you're doing the Lord's work.
0: I what I'm here for, you know. (laughs) But on (laughs) that note, Let's assume you've enjoyed this conversation and you can't wait to hear our sidebars or whatever story we have. Rate, review, subscribe. Let others know how you feel about us. And uh, tell your boss in depth at the next meeting you guys have. Make sure it's the full department. Let them all know. Tell them everything you remember about this story and our sidebars. And on that note, goodbye. Bye-bye.